What's going on, y'all? Welcome back. It's Max Lit with the It Is What It Is, a podcast gumbo. Um, man, so I'm trying to do this thing back to back. I just released a, another episode uh, yesterday, actually, episode six. Uh, and here's episode seven. So uh, thank y'all for listening to the last episode. And I appreciate y'all tuning in to this one. Um, I'm sitting here trying to figure out, like, what am I talk about, you know? And I have started, um, I'm working on some stuff. I've talked a little bit about it, um, some of the writing stuff that I'm working on. And I was going to lead off this podcast with uh, something that I have been working on, working on some pieces with, uh, you know, in regards to my family. Um, I've got two pieces that I've just written, like, some dialogue about my moms and my pops, and I was going to read the one about my dad, but um, it seemed like I was trying too hard, so I'm just going to just tell some stories. <laughs> Man, listen, 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 listen. So, I, one of the crazy things about my family, um, and not about, not about my family, but about the way I talk about my family, is I find myself always talking in stories when, um, when I speak about my family. It's weird. Because, um, I don't know, it's like the memories come across like episodes, <laughs> like almost TV episodes, like sitcoms. Um, so I have, uh, you know, most of the memories of my family, uh, like my mom and my dad, um, I have some of some memories of, of them and my experiences with my, with my family from when I was really young. But a lot of those experiences are like, I would say... The ones that are like really clear are like when I was like, like, I guess from like 13 onward. Um, and one of the stories, <laughs> one of the stories that stands out very vividly to me uh, was a day. It was it, I got into it with my pops. <laughs> it's crazy. So, um, I mean, I think I was like 15 or 16. And, you know, about that time, you kind of feeling, especially young black men, you feeling, you feeling brave, you feeling swole or whatever. And um, I remember walking around the house like, like, I don't know, not like I own the house or anything like that. But like, maybe I don't know, maybe I didn't think my pops was, you know, he, he always talked about selling wolf tickets. And I used to always be thinking in the back of my mind, like, yo, he always telling me what he going to do to me if I do this and that. So, um, I don't quite remember what happened that day to get us face to face like we was. Um, but I just remember me saying, I, I guess I, I did something and he said something, you know, boy, I'll whoop your ass or some shit like that. And, um, I remember saying, yo, I'm tired of you threatening me. <laughs> and... Every time I every time I relay that part of the story and I say, you know, I, I say what I said, I'm tired of you threatening me. I feel exactly the way I felt when I said it. I remember saying it and feeling like really confident, but feeling like really scared at the same time when I said it. Um, but still not thinking that something was going to happen. Right. So I and I remember it very vividly. I, I was walking past him and I said, yo, I'm tired of you threatening me. And my pop said, what? And we was like, I guess I was walking from the through the dining room into the kitchen. So when I was in the kitchen, I turned around 
And my pops was like right there behind me. And he said, he said, what? And I said, I'm tired of you threatening me. So I watched my father slowly take his watch off, take his badge off from his job, like his name badge. You know, unbutton his, 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 his sleeves, roll them up. He squared up. He said, man, I ain't threatening you. Boom! Slice straight, squared, punch me in the chest. He said, I'm telling you what I'm going to do to you. And I remember grabbing him and like, I don't know, I don't know what possessed me to grab him. And I think what it was, was that I didn't want him to hit me again. <laughs> and so like it happened in a split second, like I grabbed him. And as soon as I grabbed him, I probably had him in, in a, like a bear hug, but not like chest to chest. It was like, I kind of leaned into him and, um, then I let go as like as fast as I grabbed him, I let go because I knew I had just fucked up. Right? And so I remember looking at him and he had this like shocked, bewildered look on his face. Like, this nigga just grabbed me. And I don't know what happened in, in his mind, but I thought in, in my mind, I thought we was getting ready to wrap up. And I wasn't ready for that, right? So um I remember him just kind of just looking at me and shaking his head like this nigga's crazy. And walking off. And there wasn't too many instances like that with me and him growing up. And it's crazy because I, I, I remember a number of instances where if that had happened or, you know, we had wrapped up or got to scrapping or whatever. Today, to this day, I look at it as a justified outcome because I was really wilding as, as, as a teenager. Um not like being disobedient or anything like that. It was just, um, I was going through a lot of things. Like growing up, your hormones was raging. You know, you had a girlfriend and I ain't, you know, I, I it was that whole situation was just crazy. I'm not going to get all the way into it. But y'all know how it is. You know, young and in love. You think you're in love or, you know, getting a little action on the side. <laughs> and you really just don't know how to deal with all of that. And so... I just remember like just being confused a lot and angry a lot and um, not knowing how to go talk to my to my father or, or my parents or really anybody for that matter um, and talk to them about it. So, you know, as young, dumb kids, <laughs> we get our advice from our friends. <laughs> so um, that's why I say, you know the things that was was happening at the time, I could totally see that if there was more physical conversation between my father, I could totally see them as justified. And I talk to some of my friends now, you know, and we're in a much more, you would like to think, or we would like to think that we are in a much more evolved society than we were. Man, that was what? 26 years ago? <laughs> 16, uh, 16, yeah, 26. I can't believe I did that math off the top of my head like that. But yeah, um, and in some cases we are, you know, um, I, 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 I tell my friends some of the stories and they're like, yo, you don't think that was a problem? And I'm like, nah, I was a wild boy. And they're like, yo, but I think that was a problem. <laughs> and, you know, and I guess under the circumstances where we live in today, 
And it's like, you know, when we was growing up and my parents used to tell us how their parents disciplined them, you know, it just was a different time. And of course, you know, those those instances of discipline and the certain things that we went through, uh, my generation with, with, you know, my generation of parents, you know, my generation with our parents, I should say, um, you know, some of that causes the, the things that we struggle with today. Um, but the, 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 the things that I was talking about in this, this piece that I was writing, um, one of the things that I realized is that I've known, of course, you know, you, I've known my father my entire life and I don't know who he is. Right. Same thing with my moms. Um, I think my mother, I think my, my brothers and my sisters know who my mother and father are because they experience them in a much different environment than I experienced them and my twin sister. Um, my, my older brothers and sisters, they, I, I believe my sister, my oldest sister was maybe, so if I, when I was five, Ronnie is 10 years older than me. So she was 15. And I'm, I'm doing this math because, you know, my parents, me and my twin sister grew up from little kids as Jehovah's Witnesses. And my brothers and sisters were either teenagers or close to teenagers by the time my parents became witnesses. And so they experienced a different side of my parents than than we did. Um and in some cases, my brothers and sisters would make the argument that we got a better end of the deal than they did, um, which I could see that, um, considering that when my oldest sister was born, my dad was, what, 24, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I remember when I was 24, and I think my mom's was 22, so... I can't, I don't have any kids now and I'm 42 years old and I can't even imagine having kids that young. Um, I remember being, you know, I thought I was going to have a kid. I think I was 24 and it was a time when I thought I was going to have a kid and I was 19. Um, I might've been younger than 19. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but you know things were different uh, for my brother and my for my brothers and my sisters than they were for me and my twin sister with my folks. So I feel like you know during that whole time, and and I think I know my dad a little bit now, you know, having grown up and now I'm an adult, and and really watching you know being an adult and 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 having adult conversations with my father and 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 remembering the conversations like I often remember you know when I was like 20 21 22 you know before not even not even that old yet like I would say like 18 19 probably 17 18 um before they moved to South Carolina um they left New York when I think me and my twin sister were 20 I think we had just turned 21. And so, no, um, 
I think we were getting ready to turn 22. Because it was like, I think it was like a year after 9-11. So I remember when I turned 21 and we were still, I was still in New York. And I think about a year later, they left or that year. Uh, either way, I just remember those conversations with me sitting across the table from him. And my pops just trying to figure out what was going on in my brain. And um, so contrasting that to, um, you know, I think once I moved down here, I really didn't have any conflict. Once I, once I you know, a year later, I moved to South Carolina uh, with, with them. Initially, they wanted me to come when they moved and I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not trying to leave New York. Young man, got a halfway decent job. Um, I don't, I don't really know what made me want to stay in New York. Mainly, I think it was because, you know, I grew up there. I, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen in South Carolina. I wasn't ready to leave what I had going on. And in hindsight, um, <laughs> I mean, I got to hang out a little bit in New York as a young man. Um, and I continued doing that when I came down here. It wasn't a whole lot to do when I first came down, but the stuff that I did find myself getting into was entertaining enough, you know? <laughs> um, so I didn't really have a whole lot of conflicts with my, with my father once. I think, I think what it was, was I was away from, you know, the parental guys, or the parental gaze, that's a better word um, for it. I was, I was away from that for a while. And I think once I, you know, moved to, to South Carolina, you know, still living with them, um, I had grown up a lot. And I think that's when I really started to get to know my parents as an adult, right? So you have adult conversations with them. You know, we had several conversations about me and religion and how I didn't feel the same way they felt about being Jehovah's Witnesses. And that caused a little bit of conflict. Um, the conflict between me and my dad was really not really conflict at all. It was just him not understanding why I was choosing to be difficult. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he often told me, he's like, man, listen, how come you just can't go to the, to the kingdom hall, you know, make your mama happy, you know, just, you know, he, he was big on keeping up appearances at the time. It's like, you know, you ain't got to be all in it. Just, you know, show up, show your face. And um, during that time, I was just kind of learning a lot about who I was, right? And, and and things that I actually did believe in and the things that I didn't believe in. And um, a lot of those things were just contrary to being a Jehovah's Witness. Um, you know, one of the things that Jehovah's Witnesses don't do is vote. And that was, I think, uh, George Bush, the, the younger Bush, was in office. And um, Barack Obama was about to be president. And so this would have been coming up on really my first opportunity to vote. Um, as a, a person who wasn't a Jehovah's Witness. And uh, I remember trying to explain that to my folks. And I was like, listen, I'm not rocking with, 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 with that, with the religion, you know, being no part of the world and all that other stuff. I was like, this is a society that I have to live in, you know, and I feel like 
I need to 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 have a say in in that, right? And so that was a bit of a conflict. My, my pops understood, you know, um, but he just thought I was being difficult. <laughs> like my pops just always thought I was being difficult, like on purpose. Um, and I think when I was younger, I wasn't being difficult on purpose. It's just that, you know, some of the stuff that I was being held to as far as rules and regulations, as far as, you know, growing up, not just growing up in their household, um, but also as a Jehovah's Witness, they said several times, my mom and my dad, that, you know, the rules in the house really didn't have a whole lot to do with them being Jehovah's Witnesses. Those were going to be the rules anyway, you know, and those type of things I really didn't have an issue with. It was just, um, you know, the doctrine of witnesses. And if you don't know anything about that, um, I'm not going to go into detail about beliefs and all of that. Um, cause nowadays most people know, um, a lot about Jehovah's witnesses, but it, it's crazy. Cause I hear stories about people who grew up in, um, Jehovah's Witness households, and it wasn't nearly as crazy <laughs> um, in my in, in, in my house, and you know, the way I grew up, or the way any of my friends grew up, you know. Um, ironically, a lot of my friends, um, my close friends that I grew up with aren't witnesses now. Uh, some of them have gone back, you know, um, some of them are like kind of trying to determine whether or not they're going to go back. Um, COVID really put some people that I knew, um, when I was younger and people that I met, you know, afterwards, um, some really close friends of mine that I met while I was here in South Carolina, um, decided to go back and, you know, really put the push on me to go back too, and, um, bringing it back around to my pops, my pops, you know, he's 76 years old set in his ways he's good on that too he don't he doesn't practice it you know to a certain extent i mean i think he still lives his life accordingly to those rules and regulations but again i think that's the way that my folks generally speaking would probably be living anyway um aside from you know the doctrine and and all of that with jehovah's witnesses um and I respect that. And I respect my moms. You know, I respect my twin sister who's, you know, I haven't really spoken to a whole lot because I'm no longer a Jehovah's Witness. I'm just fellowship. Um, my older brother, just fellowship. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, it's a different story when it comes to, you know, me, my oldest, my oldest sister and my older brother um, and our relationship with our family and not being Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, we all have a different experience and we all have different relationships with, um, with, with our parents. And it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, I talked to, um, my housemate, uh, Davlin and, uh, you know, I tell these stories and I talk to my friends and I tell these stories and, a lot of it is 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 lost in translation, I believe, sometimes, or it's just it's not understood, or maybe I don't clearly communicate um, 
how I feel about those things. Um, because I really feel like my experience with my, my mom and my dad and my sisters and my brothers, um, I don't, it's, it's like <laughs> when I look back at it, I'm like, you know, things that would have been considered, uh, traumatic in some cases, um, my, my recollection of those things are quite different than what may be coming across in a story, um, tends to lend, you know, the, 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 the explanation of it or how I should have reacted or how I should have come up out of things like that. And the more I learn about human behavior and the more I learn about how the brain works, um, sometimes I feel like my recollection of these things is the way that it is because maybe those things were traumatic, you know, or maybe, um, the way I experienced them or the way I remember them, um, I reacted to those things differently, um, as protection. I don't know, somehow. Um, because when I, when I, when I really look back and I think about it, um, because a lot of those things was normal. You know, when you, when you think about kids who grow up in, you know, difficult situations, they tend, in some cases, the, the behavior is so, or the environment that they've grown up in has been normalized, right? So they never really see an issue with it until like later on in life when they're trying to um, figure out why they operate a certain way or why they react to things a certain way. Um, and it's just, you know, a learning process, right? You get to know who you are. You get to know why you react to certain things. And then the questions start coming, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, I'll tell these stories about my family and people that ask questions like, yo, you don't, you, you don't, so you don't wish that your relationship with your parents was different. And I'm like, nah, cause I feel like whatever I needed to get through those phases in my life, somehow I got them, you know, if it wasn't from my parents, I got it from my siblings. If it wasn't from my siblings, I got it from my friends. And if I didn't get it from my friends, either I didn't get it or somehow I still got it. And um, I can't explain all of that, <laughs> you know, which makes for interesting conversation, I think, you know, as you explain these stories. Now, granted, <laughs> some of these stories that I tell and then I get the reaction of people who are listening to them, there's these aha moments that pop up and I'm like, oh, okay, that might explain a few things about myself, right? Um, but I, I take all of those things now at least because <laughs> I would say maybe 10, 10 years ago. So that would, I would have been 32. Um, a lot of things that was happening, I realized I was cruising through a lot of things on autopilot. Like my sister one time. My older sister, Veronica, um, I was in a relationship and, you know, in hindsight, I look back and I was like, man, that was crazy. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of negative stuff going on in that relationship. And I knew that stuff was going on. Um, but where I was and what I was trying to accomplish at that point in my life, like I was working on music, I was working on a book. Um, I was really trying to figure out where 
I was taking my life, um, what direction I was going in and what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I told her one time, I was like, yo, I ain't got time to worry about all of that. And she was like, what? <laughs> what you mean you ain't got time to worry about it? This is a relationship that you're in is kind of terrible. I don't have time. I don't have time to worry about it. And I, I, I remember putting that kind of uh, thought process to everything at the time. Um, anything that required me to stop and look at and figure out whether this was good or bad for me, I kind of brushed it off to the side. Because I literally did not have the, the brain power or the capacity to, to deal with those things and also work on music and also work on the book and also be at work all the time and also <laughs> try not to go too hard hanging out and blowing off steam and all that stuff and maintain a semblance of some sort of relationship. <laughs> so literally, like, where was I going to, you know, find the time to sit? Let, let's have a talk. Let's sit down. Let's let's see where our lives are going. I didn't I didn't have time. I probably should have made time, you know. Um and you know, those things carry on and, and you know, I mentioned all of that circling back to, you know, what the podcast is about, these stories from my childhood and from my young adulthood. Um now I'm starting to realize the impact of some of those things on some of the decisions that I made, you know, choosing not to deal with things as they're coming, you know, they pile on and then you find yourself an emotional wreck <laughs> at some point trying to figure out what's well, my life this way, you know, <laughs> I don't mean to be overly dramatic, but, you know, it, it got to a point to where, you know, I was struggling for answers and it, it was because I didn't take the time as a young person to figure some stuff out. So now, you know, there's these these talks <laughs> that I have with my dad and even with my mom to a certain extent, you know, they're they're Like I said, my dad is 76. Mom, they're getting I was getting ready to say my mom's age and my mom probably won't ever hear this podcast. But somebody who may hear it may be like, Jaggly, you know, you're uh, <laughs> Jason's on the podcasting telling people your age <laughs> they're already gonna be like yo he's out there telling your family business but we're not we're not getting all into that um but i remember my mom i was working on some stuff for i don't know if it was a novel at some point that i was working on which i'm always working on a novel um but anyway i was asking like dates and stuff and my mother was like i hope you ain't putting our business in the street and i was like first of all no second of all i know better than that <laughs> I'm pretty sure my moms didn't read my book because she was afraid of what was in it. It wasn't nothing in there, you know, personal. You know, it was a lot of admiration and, and gratitude and respect. And when it came to my mother and my father in, in those pages, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I know what to put in out, what to put in stuff like that and put out for public consumption. Um, But yeah, you know, they're getting old, man. I mean, that's facts. We all getting old, right? Um... And so watching them grow old and then I reminisce about these stories, it amazes me <laughs> that my pops is still here. It amazes me that my mom's made it raising 
what, four of us, and then uh, my dad's kids, kind of in, in in the mix there somewhere. You know, so on top of that, I often say I said it today, recording this podcast. I'm like, I don't know how people with kids do it. And Davlin, my housemate, was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Yo, they go to work, <laughs> they come home, they cook dinner, they." Do what they gotta do with the with the marriage or the, or the or the relationship situation. It's like how do how do parents do it? You know, I spent today what seems like maybe six or seven hours with some high school age kids, and I came home and I was like, yo, I'm done. I forgot I had a meeting. <laughs> this is the second day in a row. I forgot I had a meeting uh, in the evening. So. You know, it, it, it stuff runs together. And I'm just like, how did my family, you know, especially when me and my twin sister came along, um, you know, we were, I like to say we were the makeup babies between my mom and my dad. Um, we were the, we were the, we, I was getting ready to say the mistake. It wasn't a mistake. We were the surprise. <laughs> Let's just say that. Unplanned. That brought my mom and my dad back together, which is a beautiful thing. Because um, if that didn't, didn't occur we wouldn't be here um but yeah it's like sitting with them and and getting to know them as an adult myself 42 years old and just seeing their life having played out in front of my eyes for those many years and and the things that i actually do remember sometimes blows in my mind um i think i have more vivid memories about my interactions with my parents than I do with my siblings. Only because, you know, <laughs> it was me and my twin sister most of the time. Um, my older brother and sister, Ronnie and Titian, um, I think by the time we became teenagers, um, I think my older sister, I keep saying, she's gonna kill me when she hears this too. I keep saying my older sister, Ronnie, <laughs> Um, by the time we became teenagers, Ronnie was already married and Titian, my older brother, had already moved out. And I think he had went to college. Uh, I'm trying to figure, I think when we were, when we were teenagers, I think 13, 14, when we were teenagers, my brother had already moved out and he was getting ready to go to college, I think. And so, um, that time, you know, when, you know, starting to become who you are going to be um you know 13 teenagers they weren't there i mean you know they were around you know but like i said most of the experiences that i had and the questions that i had and, 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 and the things that i was struggling with i relied on the counsel of my friends <laughs> who were younger than me so I'm going to them, asking them stuff, and they're like, yo, we thought you had it figured out. <laughs> like, definitely not. Um, and somehow, we made it to become adults. Like, my, my man, my one of my best friends, um, Al, has five kids. You know, I have, I have a couple of friends who have five kids, and I'm just like, woo, you know, <laughs> it's five kids. Shoot, I, I don't know how I would deal with one kid. Um, and then, you know, I'm meeting some kids in the work that I do. And one day, one of the kids 
I think I was talking to one of my um uh one of the people that I was working with a uh, co-facilitator in a space that we do with kids after school program and um they asked me they was like I guess they heard me say how old I was and they said you're 42 and I was like yeah and they said you're old enough to be my dad and when I tell you that hit me <laughs> like my pops hit me in my chest when I was 16 felt very similar <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, I am old enough to be your dad. It's kind of crazy because um, I have friends who have kids your age. You know, I got I got friends who have kids who are in college. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, old schoolmates, you know, social media has a way of reminding you how different your life is than all the people you went to school with. Um, all the people that I remember from high school have children and some of them have grandchildren and I salute all of them because uh, I know that wasn't easy uh, I always tell people I don't know if I could have handled the situations that I presented my folks with as courageously and as valiantly um uh, as they did, because I know there was some times when my, my folks was like, especially my pops was like, I'm going to have to kill this dude. <laughs> my pops told me one time, he was like, um, I used to walk around the house like I, like I had a chip on my shoulder. And he's trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And one day he, he had already, and it might have been the day we got into it, he had resigned. He was like, man. I'm going to have to show this boy who's boss one day and I might have to kill him. And, you know, you hear stuff like that and you laugh it off. But then I think about it. Right. And I think about my um, friends who have kids and I have a friend who his kids are like in their 30s now. But he's he's the same age as, as Veronica. Um, So they have kids, too. And I remember them when they were little, when I met them. Um, and. It's like I've witnessed him wrapping up with them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I told somebody the other day. Now, I never would have admitted this, you know, but I told somebody. I was like, we were talking about um, kids and scrapping and all that stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I could have made it. They was like, why not? I was like, yo, because I can't fight. <laughs> and I think that was the first time I really admitted that. Now, you know, I'm not saying I can't handle myself. You know, but if I had to like square up and show some skill and technique, I don't think I could do it. I'd have to just, you know, have to strike fast and strike first and strike hard. And, and, and hopefully that works out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm imagining walking around in my house where I pay the bills. You know, me and, you know, my parent, my, my kid's mother or whoever um, walking around the house. And my kids ain't doing what I told them to do. And they talking back? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I might have to feel like I got to wrap up too. So it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. Things tend to come full circle, right? So that's the way our parents, my, my, my generation's parents raised us. And I mentioned earlier that um, their parents raised them a certain way. I just heard a... a, a, a report on the radio 
about this mother and her mother. So a, grand, a mother and a grandmother. Um, the the it was a child, so the grandchild or the child of the mother and the grand. I forgive me because I'm trying to like get this story straight. But it was a mother and a grandmother. This baby had the grandmother assumed or presumed that um, the little kid had drank some of the alcohol that she had in the house. And so to teach the child a lesson, the grandmother decided to make the child drink that whole bottle. And you can imagine how that turned out, you know, if, uh, for, for the rest of the story, I encourage you to look that up. It was a story out of new Orleans. Um, but the person on the radio show was saying, you know, you get to a point where you realize <laughs> that the way the old school methods of raising children and disciplining children, it's not that it doesn't work anymore. It was wrong to begin with. Right. So generations pass and you have to learn how to deal with discipline differently. Um, back and that's back to what I was saying about how young my parents were when they had my older sister Ronnie, my older brother Titian, um, and they were still relatively young people when me and my twin sister came along. You know, my dad was thirty four, my mom was thirty two. So even looking back at when I was thirty four and when I was thirty two, it's still a different um it's still a different world for me at that time. But one one person did say I asked one of my um my boy's sons who has a few kids and has um no he doesn't have grandchildren yet but um he was saying you know you get to a certain point where you figure it out you know um financially um I I think he was just was saying that once you have children or once you start having children if you're responsible <laughs> you know you start thinking about how you can make their lives better than yours may have been and i think overall that's how most people when they find out they're having kids or they do have kids that's generally what they look to do i know that's what my parents looked for us and they they try their best to make sure that we had it better than they did and in retrospect we absolutely did um my dad was in the military straight out of high school um he was in vietnam he was in korea you know uh he spent time in okinawa he always talks about okinawa uh i think that was probably the best time of his young life when he was hanging out out in um okinawa but um so he was experiencing things in life at a very young age and even before that you know he tells me some stories about how he grew up and it was a different world then and i you know when i talk about the way I grew up to some young people now, especially, you know, growing up in New York or any major city and comparing that to um, a place like Greenville, South Carolina in 2002, 2003. Greenville, South Carolina is very different now than it was in 2002, 2003 when I moved here. And I'm sure it was very different 20 years before that. 
And same thing about New York. New York is different than it was when I was when I was out there, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out life by myself in the streets of New York and South Jamaica, Queens in 1994, <laughs> 95 and all of that. You know, it's just it's different. Everything's different. And so you you have to. When you, when I look at young people now and I'm just like everything that that is at their disposal um, as far as information goes. You know, I literally remember a time before cell phones and I have these conversations with young people and they're like, you, they're, you mean to tell me there was a time when y'all didn't have text messaging? I'm like, yo, there was a time we didn't have them phones in your pocket. You know, I remember before, you know, when, when certain things was, was happening, like caller ID was happening and, and instead of having to use a, a, a answer machine with a tape, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You uh, had to hope that whoever answered the phone at your house took a message, <laughs> wrote it on a piece of paper, and put it on the uh, the uh, refrigerator or something. You know, I had a pager. I remember when my dad had a pager when it didn't have a screen on it because only one person would have the number. You tell kids about stuff like that, and they just they trip out. I remember when <laughs> when um, when kids started using calculators in class. You know, that was a, a thing. And now they got laptops in class and, you know, virtual schooling and all that stuff. I was like, man, listen, y'all know nothing about talking about snow days. You don't know nothing about we didn't get no snow days in New York. If, if we got a snow day, it had to be a couple of feet of snow on the ground. And that day got made up, you know, so the, you see these old shows on TV where uh, people said, you know, back in my day, I had to milk four cows and feed three horses and, and, and something with chickens before I went to school. We didn't have to do all that, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's way different than what kids are doing now before they go to school. Some of them, you know, with the way, you know, with the pandemic and everything, uh, I thought it was interesting to wake up, log on and go to work. Imagine waking up and logging on and going to school. <laughs> some, some, some people that I know that got kids, they had a hard time adjusting into that, which is completely understandable. You know, you go from uh, being in class one day, you know, with your teacher to uh, them telling you now you're going to be on a computer and we don't know when you're coming back to school. And we're not going to get into all of that because that has changed back rapidly. And there's various opinions about all that. But, you know, the, the world has changed drastically, you know, over the, the past 22 years. And, I, and, and a lot of times I, I get weirded out that I can look back 22 years ago and have stories to tell, you know. Um, I, um, when I tell kids that at one point I was trying to be a rapper, they're like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's true. You know, 25, I was... You know, I was I was trying to do it, you know, and at a certain point I, I thought I was. But, you know, that turned into something different. You know, writing is always is still writing. You know, music is poetry. So I was able to parlay that, which I think um, I knew that was going to be the case, because even when I was doing music, um, I didn't consider myself um, much of a rapper. 
I felt more like a, just a writer. And then um, the more I got into poetry, I was like, well, I don't really consider myself a poet, you know, because I don't, I don't identify as a poet. I didn't really identify as an MC. I identified more as a writer than anything else. Um, despite the writer, poet, MC tattoo that I have on my, on my arm and the uh, T-shirts and sweatshirts and hoodies that I've designed with that same tattoo. You know, I embrace all three now. Because uh, it's part of who I am. And, and and the stories about my family, that's by all means, without a doubt, part of who I am for for, for good and for bad. Um, I take that all for good, to be honest, you know, because um, I know it might sound crazy to some people that will take a look at um, some of the experiences that I had. But to be honest with you, I would not change a thing. I wouldn't. I sh probably should change a few things, but if I had the, 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 the option to do so, I probably wouldn't because I, I value a lot of those experiences that I had. I value those conversations that I know I was driving my pops crazy and he didn't reach across the table and choke me. <laughs> I value his decision making in, in, in those instances because uh, in, in some cases, I know I probably deserved it, you know? Um, just being a young man, ha not really having experienced a whole lot of things, but yet here I am trying to figure this stuff out on my own, um, and not knowing how to ask for help. And I think that, you know, not knowing how to ask for help followed me into adulthood. You know, there's a lot of things that I experienced as a young adult, um, that I, just experienced by myself because I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't even know that that was an option in some cases. And not because there weren't people around me that supported me or that I knew supported me. There were just some things that I thought, yo, you just got to figure this shit out. And you do, but you know, the one thing I, I do look back on and, and, and recognize that I probably should have uh, had a different mindset on certain things is that concept of not knowing what to do and asking you know hey i'm in this little situation i, I really don't know what to do the one time i did ask turned out terribly <laughs> which led me to no longer being the jehovah's witness so uh in in my experiences i would like to say in some of those cases i was justified because i was better off trying to figure it out on my own but i also do know that I just was asking the wrong people. Like, I looked at, um, there was a, a, a meme or a quote or whatever on Instagram that I saw a couple of hours ago that um, said, and this was talking about relationships, you know, intimate romantic relationships. It's not that you were too much. You just were asking for what you needed from the wrong person. And I think that's, that's, that's a big part of what my growing up was. I should have been asking my parents, you know, I should have been asking my older brother and sister. Um, now, some of the things, you know, that you experience, you go to your friends, you get some good advice, you get some terrible advice. Most of the advice you get from your friends as a young kid is terrible advice, you know, but some of it's good. You know, I remember me and my man Al hanging out and a lot of times we would be in situations that we knew we had no business being in. And we would just kind of look at each other <laughs> and 
to have a conversation, you know? And we called it the big body, this, this brown Buick estate wagon, station wagon with the wood paneling and all, you know, we called it the big body. But, you know, we would, we would just pause for a second and be like, all right, so this is, what, this is what's up, what you think? And sometimes we was like, let's do it. And sometimes we was like, nah, we probably should just post up and chill. And we did a lot of posting up. <laughs> we did a lot of chilling. Um, and I think just because, you know, whatever we was into, we knew we couldn't, in those instances, we knew we couldn't go to our folks because they was going to tell us, well, y'all ain't got no business being out in them streets like that anyway. And we wasn't, you know, I mean, individually, we was probably out there doing some stuff that we definitely didn't have any any business doing. But it just seemed that most of the time when we were together, we 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 kind of knew where the line was. And we knew that um there was a, there was only so far that we could go. And we knew that one of us if if we if we thought we were going too far, one of us was going to say something. And I attribute that, you know, even though a, a a big portion of this podcast has been me talking about when I didn't listen to my folks or I didn't look to them for guidance and direction. There was a lot of guidance and direction that, that I got that I didn't ask for, you know, that my pops would just kind of see where I was headed. Even my, my brother, um, he would see where I was headed and just, you know, stop me for a second and just drop some jewels on me. And then I would go about my way <laughs> And they just hope, you know, that I was listening. And a lot of times I was. I was a lot of times I was listening, you know. And that played out into some of the decisions that I made. There was a lot of times I wasn't listening too. So I ain't even gonna front like those times didn't exist. Um, but yeah. Um family. Family stuff. Family stuff, man. It's um uh, it's uh it's interesting to say the least. Um and I know the experiences that I've had up to this point, uh, at least for a, a lot of interesting stories, but I know there's more to come. Um, as long as, <laughs> as long as the, the universe keeps my folks, uh, in my universe, as it were, there's going to be a whole lot more stories to tell. Um, you'll hear more of them, um, throughout the, the, the duration of these episodes um because they're funny stories <laughs> and i hope my family doesn't kill me for these stories that, I, that i'm telling or that i'm going to tell um but they're very they're they were very formative and still are very formative in the person that i am and i'm just i'm just really really grateful for the experiences that i've had with 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 all of them so um i'm gonna end this episode by um just saying to my family, and you know, that's uh, Mr. and Mrs. Oliver and Jacqueline Franklin, my parents, uh, Veronica Franklin, my, my oldest sister, um, Titian Franklin, my oldest brother, uh, Oliver and Nicole Franklin, my second oldest brothers and sisters, and Danielle Langham Franklin. Or Franklin Langham, Langham. Uh, I love all of y'all. You know, uh, I think we are all where we are supposed to be in our individual lives, and I and I feel like we're all where we 
should, maybe not where we should be, but where we're supposed to be in each other's lives. And, and let me explain this. Let me explain what I mean and then we'll wrap it up. I don't think anything happens by chance. Um, I think we can modify how things happen. Um, I think we can quote unquote edit how these things happen. But I think they happen the way they happen by design. And I don't know who the designer is in those cases. Um, it could be us. It could be a higher power. But I know one thing. I value and I cherish um, the relationships that I have with each and every one of y'all the way they are. And, and, and I hope that um, you all appreciate those connections as much as I do. I know you do. Um, I, I, and I hope that we continue to build on those connections and build on our, our, um, our relationships individually, collectively. And I hope we get to see each other all at the same time very soon. All right. So I love y'all and, and the rest of y'all in the audience. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is Max Lit with the It Is What It Is, a podcast gumbo. Uh, as always, appreciate y'all for uh, taking the time to listen and bearing with me as I <laughs> try to close the, the two-year gap or almost two-year gap between um, the last podcast and the one before that. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to keep the promises that I made two years ago. <laughs> To, to, to bring some content to y'all on a, on a much more regular basis. Um, get to know a little bit about me, a little bit more about me. Uh, hopefully not more than you care to know. And uh, y'all be hearing from me real soon. All right. Y'all be safe out there. Peace. And I'll uh, check you in on next time. One.